0: Trump term look like. And you have some fantastic reporting that aims to look at that in very
1: uh, exact detail. And part of it centers around a lot of it centers around an executive order he put in place. Can you tell us about this? He put this in place. It was
2: resented by the Biden Mm. administration. It kind of flew under the radar. But this is a crucial element of what it might look like if he if he is elected again.
1: Yeah, so this is a two-part series that we launched on Axios um, on uh, Friday and Saturday, and I've been working on this for more than three months, basically piecing together all these different aspects of what is effectively an administration in waiting for Trump for 2025. There's a lot more going on behind the scenes um, than have been publicly uh, reported. And at the heart of all of this um, is a legal instrument um, it's an executive order called Schedule, that they call Schedule F. And if, if your viewers haven't heard of Schedule F or hadn't heard of it before, the stories, that's for good reason because it was developed in strict secrecy for most of the Trump administration, at least for the last uh, two years of it. And it was only finally issued, Trump only signed it into law um, 13 days before the presidential election in 2020. And, you know, when, when you put out some anodyne sounding order called Schedule F amid the craziest election in American history, You know, you could be forgiven for not paying attention to it, but it's actually profound what it does. It allows um, cabinet agencies to reclassify tens of thousands of career civil servants who have currently under law and have for decades very strong employment protections because the idea is that these career civil servants nonpartisan, continue from one administration to the next regardless of the party of the president in power trump wants to fire tens of thousands potentially at least thousands of these people that he calls pejoratively the deep state and what this order allows him to do is to reclassify them as a new employment category called schedule f they in, they immediately lose almost all of their employment protections and can be easily fired and replaced so that's happening there as you can imagine there'll be legal challenges to this and but I'll tell you, Trump's advisors like their chances in a, in a court system now dominated by conservatives at the highest level. And because of that, there are some Democrats who've been following this issue very carefully and who are who are quite alarmed about it and have been trying to take steps to preemptively prevent A future president from doing this. So Gerald Connolly, Jerry Connolly, um, a representative from Virginia who heads uh, the committee, the subcommittee who oversees the federal civil service, he's attached an amendment to the annual defense bill to try and prevent this from happening. Republicans want to block it in the Senate. But I will say, even if they succeed, Democrats, in somehow getting something into law to prevent Schedule F, Trump really wants to attack the intelligence community and the national security apparatus and basically purge the, these agencies, the CIA, the FBI, etc. They don't have the same civil service protections as a lot of the other agencies do. So even if they don't get civil uh, a Schedule F, a president with the will to do what Trump wants to do and has told his advisors he wants to do could still do quite a significant purge um, without it.
0: Okay, welcome. It's Monday, 25 July, Year of Our Lord, 2022. You're live. We're in the war room. We have a lot to get through today. Probably next Sunday is 100 days, I think 100 days out. We're going to be doing specials uh, leading up to 100 days out of the most important midterm in the history of the nation. You know, probably more important than the one in 1862, the midterm in the Civil War. Um, and we're gonna going to be going into details, but we're in the lead up to it. I, I want to make sure people can separate out all the chatters out there and focus on what's important. Here's what's important. Donald J. Trump proved them they trash they run around, they got their hair on fire. They're doing this. He has a theory of the case. He has a theory of the case. I would actually respectfully submit to you that since FDR's, uh, Uh, The folks he brought in in the the Great Depression of the 1932 when the Republican basically, as I said in American history, from the Civil War to really 1932, it was Republican-dominated. You had a couple of Democrats and it was essentially Republican-dominated. The Great Depression uh, destroyed that. And you had Democrats basically came in. You had the Gingrich Revolution. You had obviously Reagan, all that, and Nixon. But really at the Tea Party, but it was really Trump in 16 is this major inflection point. Donald J. Trump has a theory of the case. Jonathan Swan's reporting is of the utmost importance. Put away the cutesy little phrase, drain the swamp. Put away the cutesy little phrase, swamp creatures. We're talking about a Republican democracy because essentially we have taken on the model of really Davos and the Chinese Communist Party of an authoritarian state undemocratic with institutions that are not democratic and state capitalism. Now, how do you combat that? You combat that by deconstructing. You have to take it apart brick by brick. Uh, The combination, and this is why I say in the last court session, the ruling that will actually be in hindsight, more important than Roe v. Wade as important as that is, I understand for our evangelical and pro-life guys, that's everything. The EPA, uh, West Virginia, because that is the deconstruction of the administrative state from the legal, and it's by Gorsuch, who will be the Scalia of this effort, not Justice Thomas. Justice Thomas is a good man and it's his court, but the legal theoretician is Gorsuch. He was picked for a reason. And now you see, on the other hand, what had been worked on by some of the smartest people in the Trump administration And schedule off. There's two parts to Jonathan Swan's piece, and of course they've got to make a drama, Trump's revenge or anything like that. Put aside the war and you must put aside the drama and the conflict. And by the way, there will be a huge drama. The the administrative state is going to fight this every day like Stalingrad. Okay, not one step back. That's okay. I admire that. You've got you've got an apparatus, a non-democratic apparatus that's impervious to elections, or it used to be impervious to elections with controlled opposition Republicans, because they wouldn't take it on. They would just add to it and build it. They would not confront it. And this is not marginally cutting out a program to This is not about that. This is about going to the heart of it, the heart of the beast. It's not the swamp. It's not the deep state. It is that and you saw it in the first impeachment. What was the fetish, the interagency process? It's like a sacramental. It's like, it's like, it's like holy, it's like mass is to the Catholics, the interagency process how the administrative state has to work. And Jonathan Swan ends on, he sounded like Darren Beatty at the end, that the lead thing will be, because Cash Patel and others had a lot to do with this, the take on, this is how you take on the national security apparatus. And civil libertarian uh, Democrats, because remember, the last time we went through this was after the assassinations in the Vietnam War and the protest and all of it. And you had, you had the church commission, you had that, this is how you got the, the super eight, all that. Because of the CIA, guess what, being out of control. CIA did some good things, but they were also out of control, particularly in domestic politics. The FBI had did some great things. And as a kid raising, you know, the FBI was everything, but they were also out of control. They are 10x what now what they are. We don't have the New York Times or the Washington Post or those liberal at the time because they were First Amendment. They were strong in the First Amendment. Now they're part of the process. They're the propaganda department. We got a lot of economics to get through today. We got Tina Peters, we got all that. The, the, the Republicans, Carl Rowe, Steve Wynn, Steve Wynn, the agent for the Chinese Communist Party, not me saying that, DOJ saying that, um, in the filings, agent for the Chinese Communist Party. They're starting a now voter integrity. The Republicans starting a voter integrity. They're going to raise $20 million. That is all to make sure that the Trump apparatus, the MAGA apparatus, does not take charge of the election apparatus. It's not going to work because they don't have volunteers. They have no volunteers. They have money and no volunteers. They have money and Fox News and no volunteers. So we're going to get into all of it. Uh, and the biggest week on announcement of economics. And of course, the regime has given us the regime's definition of recession. Poor Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen. Larry Summers is now on Fox all the time. But Larry Summers is flat out running to be secretary of the Treasury. It's so blatant. Steve Ratner, but a Steve Ratner's publicity department, his comms team, but to get rolling here because he's getting smoked by Larry Summers, and poor Janet Yellen, she's sounding daffier and daffier every day. Okay, we got a lot to go through. Uh, let me give a, first off, Court. I got Cortez and Harnwell. Cortez is going to go through a lot of math, a lot of economics. What's happening? But give me your sense of, and here's what I love: show me Chris Christie, Mike Pence, Tom Cotton. Uh, Nikki Haley, show me what you got, baby. Flip your cards over. Show me a Democrat, except for Newsom, except for Newsom and the kids down at, the kids down at, at the kids in uh, at Tampa have been watching War Room. <laughs> Newsom at 30% of the guy that could beat him. Newsom's got a theory of the case called the California, but it's tiny. It's not, it's not well thought through, but it's it's a version of this. But Steve Cortez, Donald J. Trump actually has a theory of governance Right. Every bit is developed as FDR. Totally. Ob- FDR was the beginning of the administrative state, kind of, you know, started with the Civil War, had some in, uh, with Woodrow Wilson. But really, the theory of the administrative state came with the, with those things in the 1930s that the Supreme Court at the time before they flinched about packing, uh, uh, you know, it struck everything down. Steve Cortez.
2: You know, Steve, uh, it gets my deplorable blood going on a Monday morning to hear Jonathan Swan talk about a purge, a purge of the administrative state. Now, of course, he means that to be an expose and to be a hit on our movement. We take it exactly the opposite and wear it as a badge of honor. And it tells me that, yes, uh, Jonathan Swan recognizes that there is a plan in place that this second Trump term is going to be far more consequential than the first one. And the first one was quite consequential. But uh, in this second term, there is a plan in place to truly attack the unelected bureaucrats who form the spine of the administrative state that is so destructive for regular Americans. And what we're talking about now is accountability, Steve, because these unelected bureaucrats, they effectively have what university professors have, which is tenure, which means that they are almost yes. unfireable. It's almost impossible yes to fire them, yes. okay, unless they're caught cheating or something, right? Uh, and we need to change that. These people need to be accountable to the United States. Washington, D.C. too often acts like the capital in the Hunger Games and suppresses the districts. It is not coincidence that the five wealthiest counties in America are all in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Steve, that's not because people are curing cancer in Washington, D.C. or coming up with amazing new inventions. It's because it has become, a giant, uh, a giant. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say is anything inappropriate. It's become a a, a, a giant no. siphon uh, no, of the no, prosperity. No, 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 no. The-
0: hang on, because hang five point five and a half trillion dollars. It's like a five and a half trillion dollars of just straight out cash comes through here every year. Right. And, and by right. the way, you know all the other t- pockets they've got. It's literally tens of trillions of dollars flows through this city and dealt out to their buddies, their business associates, the companies that support them. This is, you know, this is Babylon on the Potomac. That's what we have here at the Imperial City. And this is, by the way, we finally have a plan, ladies and gentlemen, stop saying drain the swamp. I don't wanna hear it anymore. That's a cutesy term. We're at war. We're at war with the administrative state. And hey, you don't think they're coming? They're coming. Do you think these guys are dug in here? They control the greatest, you know, country in the world. They've turned it into a global empire, which we wanna say we're not in the global empire business. The revolutionary generation told us not to. Steve Cortez.
2: Well, to your point, too, about the contrast then with America First, with our movement and with Donald Trump as a candidate versus those establishment Republicans who you mentioned, Uh, they are controlled opposition and they are fine with the managed decline of the United States of America. That benefits them and benefits Washington, D.C., certainly benefits those thousands and thousands of federal employees who are unaccountable. And what this movement is saying, this patriotic populist movement, is standing up and saying, no, we will no longer preside over the managed decline of the United States. And these establishment toast Republicans, people like Mitch McConnell and Jed Bush and, yes, Mike Pence, uh, they cannot be part of this sweeping and revolutionary political movement that is going to, yes. again, I, I like the word yes. of Jonathan Swan, that is going to purge the administrative state. <laughs>
0: Harnwell, give me uh, give me sixty seconds before we go to break. You're to stick with us for the hours. Give us your thoughts.
3: My thought on this is is to answer the to ask the question: Who governs the United States? Who runs the country? Is the country a democracy fundamentally, with a system of governance that governs by the consent of the people, or is it a technocracy, an assemblage of self appointed self? Uh, justific- justifying experts that respond only to themselves and have, because as Steve Cortez said, they're, 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 they're unfiable, all they have to do to block, off, they, ne- they don't even need to openly come out and oppose Donald Trump's agenda. They just need to slow walk yeah. it into oblivion.
0: Well, yeah, the, 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 but they do a pretty good job of finding, okay, short break, we got economics to go through, technocracy to go through. By the way, the biggest anti-democratic is the Federal Reserve. That's not even in the memo, Jonathan. We're coming hard for that, not just audit. And the Fed. All next, where in the war room? We rejoice when
1: there's no Let's take down the
0: You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, There's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy OK, welcome back Monday, 25 July, Year of Lord, 2022. I want to thank everybody. By the way, go to our website, get the um, get the um, the newsletter, particularly if you listen on the podcast and the podcast is obviously on fire. So it's alive. I want to thank all of our distribution partners, Real America's Voice, John Frederick's Radio Network, G News, putting us up in Mandarin. Good morning to Lao Bai um, And I guess good evening for the people in the mainland. Right. Um, and also the podcast everybody go to the podcast download it want to hear all your thing go to getter go to my site go go to my site tell me what you think feedback you see if you go to getter it's free you get cortez cortez stuff amazing comes right up you got harnwell with his lifestyle You got Navarre, and you got me and i'm insane on it that's all me and i'm up 24 hours a day putting up analysis etc harnwell says because i'm on him for not reading them all He goes, it's a fire hose i can't handle it um MyPillow.com. We got a lot of voter. Um, the, the, uh, we got a lot about the 2020. Tina Peters is going to be on. I think she's calling from a jail cell. We got Tina on later. Kind of have Marchant, I think, trying to track him down um, because of his voter integrity, right? Huge primaries coming up. We're going to get into a lot of politics. Go to MyPillow.com. Promo code War Room. You guys were, hey, last week you had Pesobic, you had, you had uh, Navarra, I had my two besties here. Uh, you know, I, I need to have people step up to the plate. Mypillow.com, promo code, Warren, and we'll check out all the sales. You got the sheets. They're not going to last forever. You got the pillows of nineteen ninety-eight, nineteen dollars 88 You can't get that in Walmart or any big box. You got to come here. So go check it out. Steve Cortez, a huge week. Do we have, by the way, can we play Janet Yellen? Do we have that ready to go? Yes. Okay. We have it in okay. We have that. We have yeah, it. Okay. It. Hang on. Slow down for Denver. Hang on. You're on top of things. I got to tee this up. I got to tee the audience up for, and I consider this the lack of respect department. They think everybody's morons. They don't understand with shows like Warham and others that people have broken through that kind of, of, of white noise and actually are presenting information that people now can understand nomenclature, inverted yield curve. Uh, they know what the technical aspects of a recession means. They get it. And of course, in their daily lives, they don't need to have it explained to them, but now they know the technical aspects of it. Steve Cortez, I couldn't believe they rolled out good, good old Janet Yellen this morning and over the weekend to do this. Let's, let's Denver, let's play, uh, let's play Janet Yellen.
1: It's not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. And that's necessary and appropriate. And um, we need to be growing at a steady and sustainable pace. So there is a slowdown and businesses can see that. And that's appropriate given that people now have jobs and we have a strong labor market. But you don't see any of the signs now a, a... A recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy we just don't have that
0: okay i I actually and i say this with with all respect because i thought as a a federal reserve head remember she in the first year of trump's administration she actually did quantitative tightening nobody gives trump credit or even yelling she took almost a trillion dollars off the balance sheet of the fed that's the first time anybody's taken any off since the crash of 2008, which we still haven't recovered from because of how they did it with just printing money. Steve Cortez. And look, so I don't want to pick on her, but it looked like she should be going over to her house with your baseball bat on your shoulder, your cap up, Cortez, with your glove on your bat, getting some cookies and milk from her. And they send her out on, on, uh, on I think it was Chuck Todd yesterday to just spout nonsense. Now they're right. gone, it's like the Soviet Union. They're just gonna re, tell, me, tell the audience what they're trying to do here. By the way, sure. no ma'am, it's not slowing growth, it's negative growth, right. the growth is basically stopped. We're in negative growth. Steve Cortez.
2: And Steve, if you notice there, she said a transition. That word's a lot like transitory, which used to be her favorite word. Now she's saying it's a transition to slower growth. Listen, Janet Yellen needs to resign. She should have been fired or she should have resigned yesterday for getting the economy so disastrously wrong because she was either totally incompetent or she was outright lying to the American people or some combination of the two. Uh, and I think Janet Yellen, by the way, this is instructive and to connect this to our last conversation um, about the administrative state. She is really the personification of the failures of credentialism. And what I mean by that is on paper, she has an incredibly august resume. Her CV couldn't be more impressive. She has a doctorate from Yale. She taught at Harvard. She was the chair of the Federal Reserve. And in reality, Steve, when it comes to the economy, she is totally lost and incompetent. Totally. Okay. Now, uh, when she talks about the transition to slower growth, no, it's not slower growth. It is negative growth. It is receding. It is an actual recession. The definition of a recession, which has been widely accepted for decades and decades in the business community of the United States is two consecutive quarters of negative growth of the economy getting smaller. Okay, we are likely to confirm that reality this week. That is an absolutely loaded week of economic data out all week long, including a new uh, report from the Fed. And here's what the White House put out over the weekend to try to get in front of this. And let's look at this. And I highlighted some of the key parts in this absurd statement from the White House. And they asked the question, what is a recession? While some maintain two consecutive chords of falling GDP uh, constitute a recession. Well, not some, Steve. Again, that is the, the accepted definition for decades and decades. They go on to say, and it's the second part that I highlighted there. They say it, we need to take a holistic look at the data a holistic look at the data. Uh, So they are trying to literally redefine words. They're trying to use fuzzy phrases to give themselves wiggle room so that they can claim that we're not actually in a recession. Steve, this is so embarrassing. George Orwell himself could not have penned this in fiction because he would say it's simply not believable even in in a work of fiction. The White House right now, remember, these are the very same people, though, who also claim that they can redefine what is a man and a woman, right? These very same people are now telling us that we can redefine what is a recession. Why? Well, because we're in a recession and because the American people know it. Again, it will likely be officially confirmed very soon by the data. But the American people are well aware that they are personally in a recession and not just a mild one, Steve, an extremely deep one. So this is not a transition to slower growth. This is an economy that is utterly Falling off a cliff. That is the reality there was, in America right now.
0: There's polling. I put it up on my Getter account, polling uh, over the weekend. 42% of people said they're being overwhelmed. 42% of uh, Americans, they're being overwhelmed by the economy, living paycheck to paycheck. They don't know how they're going to make it. 42% of Steve, your countrymen, 85% yeah. said, the economy is going in the wrong direction. Eighty-five, but I mean, you can't get eighty-five percent of people to agree the sun's going to come up in the east. First off, right. I think twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent of Americans. I, I was reading this the other day. Still think they don't believe in Copernicus, right? So the, you got eighty-five percent thinks the wrong way. Pretty good number there, Steve Cortez. Yeah,
2: pretty, pretty convincing and overwhelming. You know, Steve, we talked about previously how small businesses in the massive alignable survey. A third of small businesses say they were not able to pay rent in June. Well, we now have some similar data on individuals not paying rent. If we can put up chart number two, please. Uh, This is new reporting also from Axios. We're doing a lot for Axios this morning on The War Room. But this is reporting from Axios that 17% of Hispanic citizens in the United States say they cannot make rent. They are behind on their rent. One out of every six Hispanics in this country. Steve, there's roughly 60 million Hispanics. So we're talking about 10 million people. Ten million citizens cannot pay rent right now in the United States, and that's just one demographic group. There's obviously more than that in you, 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 total. You, you, hold, hold. you can't you know, tell you me know, that we're th- not in a recession.
0: You, you, you know, you know, what there's a called? Trump voters right now, brothers. Right. Anybody missing rent? Any businessman or any Hispanic, African American, Asian? Why? Right? Anybody? If you're, if you can't pay rent, you got to vote. You got to vote for the Trump people in November. The Republicans. You yes. got to. Because the Biden inflation is crushing
2: It is absolutely crushing, middle-class folks. And let let me give, let's show one more chart here. Because unlike Janet Yellen, I believe in charts and data. This is the XLY. If we can put up chart three, please. This is the XLY, which is an ETF, an exchange-traded fund. And so in one ticker, XLY, you get all of the consumer discretionary major companies together in one. Uh, Now, this is a lot of companies, by the way, that we deplorables don't care much for, companies like uh, Disney and Amazon. But regardless, it's a really good read on where the consumer is. And if you look at that chart, it is demonstrably from... From the upper left to the lower right, unfortunately, in a pronounced bear trend. It's bounced back a bit in recent weeks. Yes. But let's put this in context. That chart goes back one year. Right now, the XLY, Steve, is 28% off of its highs that were reached last November around Thanksgiving time. 28%. 20% is a bear market. The White House would probably try to say we're going to redefine that. But 20% is a bear (laughs) market. 28% is a massive bear market. This is the reality, okay? Price is truth, and the XOY, the consumer discretionary stocks, are telling us that the consumer is absolutely getting pummeled. Um, another data point from one single company that came out today, Weber Grill. Weber Grill retracted its forward-looking guidance for the rest of the year, and its stock is right now getting pounded 20% today. That's a, that's another data point to reflect hold, the hold reality. Hold, hold,
0: hold, hold it, hold it. It hasn't gotten hit. I've been hit the desk here. It hasn't been hit 20, hasn't been a 20% drop just since the market opened this morning.
2: Yes, 20%. And actually, I didn't check it now, but I I will. But pre-market, yes, correct. In one day from Friday's close, pre-market down 20% in a day. On Weber Grill. That's how problematic the consumer market is right now in the United States. That's how crushing this inflation is to regular individuals, particularly working class people. Uh, Janet Yellen, again, if she had any honor or dignity, she would resign. She should be fired. She won't, though. Uh, and listen, listen, this is a, a packed week. We're going to get so much economic data out this week on inflation from the Fed, on yeah. second quarter growth, which the Atlanta Fed right now forecasts at minus 1.6%. We'll see where it actually comes in. Uh, but the reality is the Biden economy is worsening. It is, it is decelerating in a significant way. And it's crushing Americans, both their pocketbooks as well as their spirits. We know consumer sentiment at an all-time low. That is the reality right now. We need to speak in truth and use evidence and data. So that, Steve, not just to the press people, so that we can figure out the path out what is the fix we didn't make this mess yeah. but we are going to fix here's, this mess here, here, with economic the, fix. Nationalism.
0: The, the, fed, the feds are going to increase rates but they're not doing any tightening they haven't hit those marks yet also they're going to come back with a massive stimulus bill i'm telling you they're going to take a break in august and come back and say we got to juice this thing up big league they're going to go back to the same old toolbox okay short break back with cortez harnwell all next in the war room.
2: the masses of Americans who are fleeing blue states and blue jurisdictions for red America. And let's specifically talk about Illinois to Florida because Governor J.B. Pritzker had the gall to go to Florida last week and give a scathing address attacking Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida, even though the Sunshine State has become a prime destination for Illinoisans who are fleeing the mismanagement and corruption and danger of Illinois as created by J.B. Pritzker himself. Let's look at the data and a chalk talk that is powered by Getter. These are U-Haul rates, very telling. This is a one-way rate for a small truck. Illinois to Florida costs you over $2,400. The other way, Only $700, why? Because the traffic is all going in one direction. All of the demand is from Illinois to Florida. Perhaps for this reason, new polling, which we just got out from WirePoints, shows that among independents in the land of Lincoln, only 28% want J.B. Pritzker reelected. 62% say it is time for a new
0: governor. Illinois is in play. Okay, Illinois is in play. Um, You know, Pritzker to give a refund to the people that get paying those higher rates, got to leave the U-Hauls after they drop them in Florida. It's a, and, 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 of course he's running around. The reason he's in Florida, he's like Newsom. They, they, they both think that they're going to be the guy to run against, uh, to run against DeSantis. They haven't quite read the memo yet. But, um, Steve, I want to go back and I want to give, okay, a couple things I want to announce. Number one, uh, the Federal Reserve is so absolutely essential to everything's going on. I've got Christopher Leonard. We're going to do a one-hour special. I think it's going to be this Wednesday at, six o'clock but i'm gonna to talk to you. you got you got to watch this I'm trying to get philip patrick on here maybe I'm going to talk cortez and coming on we're gonna break down how the fed is the beast they're, they when they flex they flood the zone with with made-up dollars fiat currency and changes everything and the fed's got to be watched here very closely because the fed is about to come off i think the chain again they're gonna do a 75 basis point but that's not the you watch they're gonna start flooding the zone with money you watch we're gonna to get to this again i can feel it um also, the new, so Jonathan Swan, also, I'm reaching out to Mike Davis, the great legal expert that talked to us about the deconstruction industry. Stay, he was Gorsuch's clerk. Uh, this guy knows it better than anybody over at Article 3. I'm going to get um, Mike, and we're going to have a one-hour special on the Jonathan Swan Axios articles. I want everybody to understand deeply exactly what we're doing here, okay, exactly what's going on, because you're going to be a part of it. And particularly want people to come and step in forward and say, hey, I, I w- want to be one of those 4,000 shock troops. Or there's going to be lots of other opportunities, lots of other opportunities. Drop the phrase, drain the swamp. This is beyond that. This is taking on and defeating and deconstructing the administrative state. We're going to do that. And we're going to get a one-hour special on the Jonathan Swan Axios and get some people on here that can talk about it. And, of course, uh, Mike Davis. Also, over the weekend, the New York Times Magazine showing the love I tried to put this up behind the paywall, so I couldn't get it up just the photo, but I'm going to do a better job now that my staff is back. from, you know, I work over weekends. They take off, uh, but, uh, so they're going to tell me how to do it. The cover story, Cortez and Harnwell, of the New York Times Sunday Magazine, which besides the New Yorker, is what the Upper East Side, the Upper East Side out in the Hamptons, this is what they're curling up with under the, uh, under the umbrellas in the Hamptons beaches. Look at that beautiful black-and-white photography and it's stop the steal right there. And here's the headline: How the movement to reinstate President Trump has gone far beyond him, and now threatens the future of American elections. Okay, it's an absolute brilliant piece. Of course, they say it in, in a way of being trying to be uh, with it's the worst thing in the world. But you've got an all star cast in there, including Doug Mastriano and many others that we're gonna break that down during the thing cause they're absolutely petrified. In the Republican establishment, the controlled opposition is petrified also because they just announced, you know, Stephen Law, Karl Rove, you know, Stephen Law is Mitch McConnell's guy, Karl Rove, uh, just a, a Bill Barr who did nothing in 2020, all the controlled opposition that are feeding off the trough here for the administrative state with their law firms and all their associations and led by Steve Wynn, an agent for the Chinese Communist Party, right? Steve Wynn is the big guy going to raise money. They have no volunteers because MAGA hates them, but they're going to try to spend money. And they're, what, all they're trying to do is stop the precinct strategy. The left can't do it. It's so in the right. The Republican establishment so fears Steve Stern and Dan Schultz and all the success stories, the, the, the moms from DeKalb County, that they're raising $20 million to stop you. They have no interest in voter integrity. What they want to do is make sure that you're not in there in the room over around the green table counting votes. Cortez, the architecture of this week. Oh, by the way, mypillow.com, promo code war room. Let's go check it out. Okay, check it out. Also, uh, my man, Eric Prince, unplugged.com. This is his app. He's building a phone. It's going to be out. It will be having by the fall. But he's got an app. Once you download the app, they can't monetize or track you on any of your apps. okay. And it's got an encryption key that is the world's best. So go check it out today, Unplug.com and also mypillow.com. Okay, Cortez, the, just walk me through the architecture of the week because on Sunday, sure. folks, there's 100 days out to the destruction of the Democratic Party, the shattering blow from school boards to election boards to county supervisors to the House and the Senate to destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution by giving them a democracy suppository since they are this party of not just the groomers but also the administrative state we're going to shatter that and we have a chance to and this week as a preamble brother cortez we're going to have earnings economics reports and data sir what's the week look like
2: Exactly. So really, it's it's the perfect lead up, isn't it? To 100 days out, because we're going to get just a flood, a torrent of economic numbers out this week. I anticipate most of them are going to be very uh, depressing, quite frankly, for the economy. But nonetheless, they will be illustrative and they will point the way. You know, again, I don't go over these economic stats to depress people, but rather to point the way toward the fixes. How do we solve for this equation? How do we fix the mess that has been created by Biden and Pelosi? And yes, by establishment Republicans, people like Mitch McConnell. By the way, I just I mentioned uh, that I would check during the break. I did check Weber Grill. I don't mean to pick on this company, by the way, but it is down 20 percent today. Weber Grill. That is likely because Americans can't even afford the meat to put on the Weber Grill in the first place. And again, I'm not just trying to pick on that company. If you look at consumer discretionary on the whole off 28 percent from the highs on XLY just last fall, that is a pronounced bear market. That is a recession in the United States. Now, speaking of recession, a lot of data out this week. Starting tomorrow, we get home sales and consumer confidence out on Tuesday. Wednesday, very big afternoon, that is the Fed. Uh, If I'm invited back, I'll come to the five o'clock war room and we can talk about the Fed on Wednesday. Thursday, then, we get the GDP report. And that's when we are likely going to find out that yes, we are officially in a recession with the second consecutive quarter of negative growth, of no growth, negative growth in the United States economy. Again, the Atlanta Fed GDP now model, which is not always correct, but it has a pretty good track record and it's a statistical model. It's not somebody's opinion. Uh, it is a rigorous, well done model. That's right now forecast. Second quarter GDP Came in at minus 1.6%. And then on Friday, we're going to get University of Michigan sentiment, which is at an all time low in a survey that goes all the way back to the 1950s. Are we going to make another new all time low? Perhaps. Uh, by the way, University of Michigan, if I can just mention this, cause college football season is coming upon us. I've never been a fan of the Wolverines because I'm a Notre Dame fan, but the way Coach Harbaugh is talking pro life out there, I might have to root for Michigan. Uh, speaking of University of Michigan, but listen, back to the economy on Friday. We well, also. Oh, but hold on. Get- but hang
0: on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But hang on. Hang on. Oh, we talk about michigan i'm a hard i love michigan in the big house but being a notre dame fan they got to play them they got to drop this bizarre conference thing and get back to the old conferences wow. notre dame's got to play michigan every you got to play michigan michigan say hang, hang on But university of michigan also had the doctor that's a pro-life at the at the white coat ceremony now they had a bunch of walkouts but the president of the medical school didn't flinch they went to them the whole you know the whole blue check thing oh this is terrible this is terrible said hey Suck on that. She's speaking. We did, you know she got right. selected to speak. She's going to speak. So University of Michigan with Harbaugh and, and they try all the all the haters are all over him. Hat tip to the Wolverines.
2: Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then uh, back to the economy, we also get PCE out on Friday, which is an inflation read. And that is the preferred inflation read of the Federal Reserve. It's similar to P- to uh, CPI, but we'll also get that data out. So, And in addition to that, a lot of corporate earnings. So it is going to be an incredibly busy week ahead. And as I mentioned, yeah. Steve, it's really sort of the perfect runway. It's going to, to set the yeah. table. It's the perfect preamble prologue to 100 days out. Okay, America is in a dire economic quagmire. How do we fix it? What are the what are the solutions? What are the America first economic popular solutions to restore the prosperity of the middle class that has been decimated in the last year and a half by Joe Biden?
0: What do you think is the sense you're right now, I wanna to give to you, what, what's your sense of what reality trending? I don't need to talk specifically because the numbers aren't out. I know you're a guy that likes to get to the math, but where you're seeing things directionally as you look at other data that's out there versus how they're going to, they're, they're clearly going to try to play mind games. I mean, right now, like you see the gasoline, they're putting the chart up every day, gasoline, all time lowest drop in history, right? They're, 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 you know, they're sending out Zen master, uh, Jean-Pierre is coming out every day. The Zen master, the one, what's the sound of one hand clapping. She's giving it to you every day. Right. So what do you think, uh, how, how, what do you think the reality, at least where we are, Versus when well, you just saw Weber right? the first of the earnings, not a good sign. What what do, where do you think it is? But and how are they going to try to spin this? What's the sure. what's the lipstick? What color lipstick are they going to put on this pig?
2: Right. Uh, well, listen. Whatever color it is, it won't work because here's the reality. People know their own economic circumstances. They're incredibly intrinsically aware of it. And even a lot of folks who might not ideologically be that sympathetic to our movement, Steve, a lot of the soccer moms, for example, out there might not love a lot of the tenants of America first, but they are hurting economically right now badly. And they cannot afford, forget about luxuries, they cannot afford the things that they need in their lives for their families. And because of that, there's political opportunity here there is a political opening and no amount of spin from the corporate media, no amount of lying from the White House. We put that chart up earlier. No amount of lying from the White House trying to redefine a recession is going to change the actual lived reality of the American people who are suffering terribly right now. The anxiety in the land is palpable, Steve. We see it certainly in all the macro surveys, but I also see it anecdotally. I've done a lot of campaigning in the last few months, and I'm going to do a lot more into November to get the right America first candidates elected. I have met thousands of people all over this country. And the first thing they mentioned to me, Steve, without exception, is inflation. And you can see the anxiety in their eyes, you can hear it in their voices, it is a very stressed country right now. Very stressed. And again, we see this in the macro data. So it's not just my my experience, in-person experiences are not peculiar. They are reflective of the macro data out there. Uh, and so given that state of the country right now, that very poor state of the country and, and getting poorer, unfortunately, every day as real wages crash in America, uh, I don't care how much spin corporate media tries to promulgate. I don't care how many lies are propagated by the White House and their economists the reality is smack dab in front of Americans and these kitchen table issues are an opportunity for the America First movement to to broaden our coalition and to win a lot of voters who might have been tough to reach previously. But Joe Biden has done us one heck of a favor uh, and pushed a lot of people into the at least potentially into the America First fold.
0: Now you talk about uh, action in this code word transition. Um, I think it's actually deeper than the than the transitory process. Uh, uh, things on inflation they're talking about transitioning uh, we have a, a clip from granthold i don't know if we've got it ready i can play it in the next segment but she's talking over the weekend that the biggest transition in human history is the transitioning to the to the uh, sustainable energy economy right. which you know from having the great dave walshamp here is a fantasy right now that's where the same transition it's their activities that have done this and here's what's amazing We're going to go back to the same playbook. The reason I'm obsessed with the Federal Reserve, that's what's bailed since, well, for 30 or 40 years, but really since 2008. We've been beyond addicted. You're like a crack addict. We are addicted to easy money. We're addicted just to hitting the computer, boom, and creating money out of nowhere. That are really going to be obligations to our children and our grandchildren. And we're still addicted to easy money. There's no solution. I mean, if you look at Larry Summers, what he's talking about is biting the bullet. Is there any appetite to do that among the Democratic Party? The answer is no. A okay, short commercial break. Cortez, Harnwell, Jan, all next in
1: the war room. Has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now
0: wow um by the way mypillow.com promo code worm go check it out right now that's the square action 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 the great guys, El Todd Wood and the team over at uh, CD Media, and I think they get this done by um, by the uh, pundit. Uh, he does such an, effect, an incredible bear. He does such a great job. Polling out in uh, Arizona, Kelly and in, in Masters basically in a dead heat. Kelly up three. That's margin of error, uh, but a tight race there. But <laughs> the big one, Joe Biden. Uh, Cortez, I just got this. You, I think, it's Cortez, uh, Biden strongly approve four <laughs> percent. Strongly disapprove, 54%. I got to take a hat tip just for, the, for the, a little bit of the war room. We said we kill this in the crib. Now, we were just a small part of it. But remember, we've been maniacally focused since we talked Friends, we're going to kill this administration in the crib. A, I don't care if Benny Thompson doesn't like that or Nancy Pelosi doesn't like it or who doesn't like it. Justice Department, I don't care if you don't like it. Suck on it. We're destroying this illegitimate regime, and the people in Arizona are reporting, they hate you guys. They hate it. How can you have a 50 point? I've never seen a number like that. Strongly approved four, strongly disapprove 54%. Steve Cortez, brother, would give me, give me your sense of that number.
2: You know, listen, Steve, there has never been a political implosion like Joe Biden's. I mean, never in American history has any major political figure, much less a president, seen this kind of an absolute implosion of support this quickly. It just is unprecedented. I mean, it literally never happened before. You know, I've talked a lot about his implosion among Hispanics. He started office with a plus 39% approved, disapproved ratio, plus 39% in his favor. It is now 51% against a 90% swing, net swing in that swing in a period of a year and a half. I mean, this just doesn't happen in politics. It's almost hard to fail that miserably. It really is.
0: I want to bring in Harnwell. Harnwell, a uh, Blockbuster News reported by the AP today on the guy you cover very closely, Lavrov, the foreign minister. And this guy's a beast. He did a full flex on Zelensky. Tell us what he said.
3: Yeah, um, he was speaking late last night, Steve, at the Arab League summit in Cairo. um, And he said this is a change of policy for at least a a declared change of policy uh, from with regards to Russia um, and and Ukraine. And Lavrov said that uh, Moscow is determined to help Ukraine's and I quote, liberate themselves from the burden of this absolutely unacceptable regime. He accused uh, Kiev and by, uh, by a connection its Western allies of spouting propaganda intended to ensure that Ukraine, and I quote again, becomes the eternal enemy of Russia. And he said that, yeah. his, that, that Russia's plan is for the two countries to work together. And there, Russia promised to help Ukraine get rid of this regime, which is absolutely anti-people and anti-historical.
0: Lavrov said Zelensky's got to go that's not a good sign that's a different that's a ratcheting up uh, to the west uh Steve Cortez connect that to capital markets and the economy sir
2: Listen, this is a scary situation. And all along, we, you know, we have been preaching de-escalation, right? This is a regional struggle that could be solved through negotiation. Instead, the United States and NATO, Biden and NATO, have been funding both sides of the struggle and have escalated it into an international phenomenon, which is incredibly unfortunate and frightening, quite frankly. It's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of capital markets. If we look at natural gas right now, uh, which, of course, is critical, and particularly the natural gas supplies from Russia, so critical to all of Western Europe, natural gas, as we speak, is up almost 4% on the day. Natural gas is a very volatile commodity, Steve. it, uh, it in, in June, was just above $9. It got all the way below $6 as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Well, it is soaring back. It is at $8.60, $8.60. Right now, up almost 4% on the day, it is it is it looks to me as though it wants to go back and grab those ju- June highs and, in fact, probably eclipse those June highs. Wow. Why? Because the natural gas market is properly starting to price in the risks of even more escalation in the Black Sea and the situation between Russia and Ukraine. So there are serious economic, not just strategic, but economic consequences yeah. to this massive escalation that the establishment Republicans, along with Joe Biden, have been yeah. stirring up for months over there with an enormous mountain of American
0: money. Yeah. Next, in the next, uh, start the next hour, we're going to talk about the geopolitics and the economics globally, how it's impacting citizens of the country. You know, Zelensky, I want to go back to Jonathan Swan. Jonathan Swan had this interview in Davos, the Davos interview with Jonathan Swan, and they brought in Zelensky by video conference. And Jonathan Swan on the main stage there, right after Henry Kissinger, I think, spoke, gave an interview. And Zelensky, because we know those guys watch the War Room, uh, we're, we're lecturing War Room and ourselves that, oh, well, people should read the memoirs of World War II if they really want to know. Zelensky, and I said at the time, I have forgotten more about World War II than you will ever know, actor. But I, I want to bring up something that I think Zelensky and their people should read. The Best and the Brightest. I think that's the book you ought to be focused on, not World War II. Best and the Brightest, and particularly the section around President Diem. And the Democratic administration was loving up on DM, and DM was the answer until he wasn't. And then they backed a coup against him. I'm telling you, Zelensky is going to wear, wear out his welcome with the same people that have propped him up, and we have warned about this from day one. Now it's getting more and more serious. More and more weapons are going in. They're coming back. Zelensky's <laughs> government came back, you know, a month ago. It was five billion dollars a month. Now it's going to be nine billion dollars a month. Seven hundred fifty billion dollars to, to rebuild the country. They're still fighting. What's more and more weapons? More and more intensity. Somebody has gotten the Republican Party has to force Joe Biden to come to the table and get and make a presentation to Congress and tell us exactly. Somebody's got to kick in the War Powers Act. What are we doing here? What is the plan? What is the strategy? What is the objectives and how are we going to pay for it? And what's America's part of it? And in the, the party of Davos, the EU and NATO, Cortez, uh, Harnwell has going to stick around. Cortez, give your social media so people can track you, sir.
2: Yes, please find me on The Getter. I'm at Steve, very simple. And I'm also on Twitter for now. I'm at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S. Thank you so much, Admiral Bannon.
0: Thank you, sir. By the way, for the folks in the Ukraine, it is uh, our, our, uh, our thoughts are with you. This is a Thank horrible you. situation. And as the University of Chicago professor said, uh, he said they're leading you down the primrose path. But so This thing is getting more and more more serious. And uh, we need to de-escalate. And we need to work out some arrangement where Ukrainians stop getting slaughtered because Western elites want to escalate. Okay, talk about escalation. They're trying to escalate on the Dutch farmers and more. Michael Jan's gonna join us. We're also gonna talk about what's happening with the Tory party in Italy, all of it, and how it interconnects with your economic, political, and cultural life here in the good old United States of America. Next the war room.